Okay. So yesterday we started this new section, the third section of Tanya, Igeras HaTshuva, which is a whole section of Tanya, 12 chapters, just as the previous section was, focusing on repentance. Now, the previous section, Sharha Ha'ichabemunah, teaching us what does it mean, true belief, that in the absolute oneness of God, is a very, very spiritual concept, very lofty, very abstract. Here, in talking about repentance, at least the first three chapters are very grounded, meaning the first, this is 12 chapters, and the first three are very much focused on nigla, the revealed way how Torah, obviously with Hasidus interplay, but primarily coming as the revealed dimension of tshuva, and then we'll go into the Kabbalistic, spiritual dimension, the Hasidic dimension, and then we will fuse the two. So today we're going to finish the first chapter. Yesterday, we began by quoting the Gemara, which speaks of these three levels of kapara, atonement if one transgressed a positive prohibition, uh, sorry, a positive commandment, do your repentance and God will immediately send atonement. Level two, atonement if one transgressed a negative prohibition, where there you do your repentance and you wait. And then Yom Kippur comes, and with all of the power of cleansing of Yom Kippur, you are cleansed enough from the evil of your act that God will send his atonement. And level three, if someone transgressed a very severe prohibition, whose consequence would be corporal punishment, death, in the times when there was a governing body, a Sanhedrin, that gave that, or kares, one's soul being cut off, for which one does his repentance, and one waits till Yom Kippur, and one has to suffer afflictions to finish off the cleansing process, and then there is atonement. What the Rebbe's main point today is to say is, so what is this tshuva? What does it mean you're repenting? What is the essence of repentance? And the Rebbe says the essence of repentance is leaving the sin. But the, Rebbe, the Rebbe gives quotes for everything he's saying. I'm not going to go into the quotes. To resolve absolutely never again to do this stupidity, never again to rebel, never again to violate God's command, not to violate a positive commandment, which isn't seemingly an overt act of rebellion, though it really is, and never to violate a prohibition, which obviously is an overt act of rebellion. That's what tshuva repentance means. Tshuva means to return. We translate it in English as repentance. It really means to return because that's what you're doing. Tshuva, repentance means you are turning to God with all your heart, with all your whole soul. You're serving him. You're committed to observing all of his commandments. Now, what do we need to clarify here? One might think, and especially when the Tanya was written some 200-some years ago, in the times of the Alta Rebbe, very often the perspective was that to truly repent, that involved a lot of fasting and afflicting oneself. And the Rebbe says, no, it's not true. No matter how grievous your sin is, even if it's truly a sin whose punishment is courage, is the cutting off of one's soul from its source. 
or execution, God forbid. Where we learned and quoted the Gemara yesterday that repentance is not enough and Yom Kippur is not enough and there has to be suffering. But that means God brings you the suffering, not you afflicted on yourself. Why would God bring you suffering? Well, if a person truly repented very sincerely with all his heart and soul out of love for him, then God wants to help him because there's so much evil on his soul from this horrific act, which he so sincerely regrets, that God will bring the suffering to finish off the atonement. So when we think, and this is an important point in Jewish thought, in Jewish theology, when we're saying that God is bringing suffering to the person, God is not bringing suffering to punish him, not in this situation. God is bringing suffering to help Someone who has sincerely turned to God, who has done a sincere repentance for a very, very grievous sin, where there's so much evil on his soul, that even though he's returned with all of his heart and with all of his soul and out of tremendous love, and Yom Kippur came and went, but there's still a lot of evil there because the offense was so great. So God said, you know what? You're trying so hard. I'll help you finish off the cleansing process. And that's why I'm sending you these afflictions. But just to understand this, theoretically, if someone did this horrific sin and didn't even bother returning to God, he hasn't yet woken up to that reality, God's not sending him affliction. Sending afflictions in this situation is to help the person who deserves the help because he's really turned to God. So therefore, the rabbi says, if we look in the sources, like for example, Maimonides, he never speaks of fasting in terms of the commandment of repentance even for the most grievous sins, because it's not part of the commandment. The commandment is to return to God, to confess, to request forgiveness, not to fast. Now, why do we have to confess and request forgiveness? Why don't we just repent? So it's explained that a sin has two parts. There's the body of the sin and the soul body of the sin is what you did. The soul is the pleasure element, the desire element. And repentance has to remove both of these elements. So I eradicate the soul of the sin, all the pleasure factor, by being pained over the past, by sincere regret. Because pain is the opposite of pleasure. So since I'm now in pain over what I did wrong, that removes the pleasure factor, the soul of the sin. But there's still the body of the sin, the act. To remove the act of the sin, I need an act. And therefore, my verbal confession is considered an action. And therefore, it's a component of repentance, but not a fast. But we could question this. Because we find, for example, in Yoyo, in the book of Yoel, where it speaks about sincere repentance. And he mentions there, return to me with your hearts and with fasting and weeping. So that seems to indicate, that seems to contradict what the Altar Rebbe is saying here. That seems to indicate fasting is part of the repentance process. So the Rebbe explains, no. Fasting is about the past. I'm sorry. Repentance is about the past. This fasting was actually for something in the future because they knew that because of their grievous sins, there was a decree on them. 
there was a, a, a very bad decree on them that the sin of the generation was going to be cleansed through a very grievous affliction of locust. In order to avoid the locust, Yoel is advising them to fast. So the fasting isn't because they sinned. Again, the fasting isn't past, regret of the past. The fasting is forward-looking. We know God is sending us this plague of locusts. We do not want to suffer the plague of locusts. So let us fast to remove the edict on us, which is, of course, a Jewish concept, just like, for example, the Rebbe says, at the times of Purim, when the Jews fasted to nullify Haman's evil decree. So that resolves that seeming contradiction to the Rebbe's words. The Rebbe is saying, fasting is not part of repentance. I, I seemingly think it is because of what it says in Yoel. So the Rebbe resolves this by saying, no, Yoel is talking about better fast than have the locust. It's about something in the future, not about repentance over the past. But then we could question it from a different level because we find in classical Musa works, like Rokeach and Sefer Hasidim, many, many, many fasts when it's talking about repenting for sin. Numerous, numerous fasts. So if these Musa works are writing hundreds and hundreds of fasts you have to do for various transgressions, it seems to imply fasting is part of repentance. And the Alter Rebbe is saying it's not. So the Alter Rebbe here answers that by three levels. And the Alter Rebbe says, there's three reasons why these Musa works are advising fasting. And none of them have to do with tshuva. One, a person could realize that because they did something so bad, there's a punishment, there's a suffering they're going to have in the hands of heaven. So in order to remove the suffering that's decreed for me, I'd rather exempt that through these self-imposed fasts, sort of like the Yoel concept. Two, I want to hasten the process. Truly, I don't need to fast. That's not part of the commandment of repentance. I'm going through the commandment, you know, regret, being never to do it again, being tested, but I want to expedite it. So to expedite the process of my soul's atonement, I'm fasting to, like, speed it up. Or three, maybe a person would feel, I don't know if my repentance is good enough. Because when I repent, I'm really supposed to be repenting with love. Maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm only turning to God with fear. We said before that if someone did a major offense and he's truly repenting completely with love, God will then respond to his love with love and send him suffering to cleanse off the evil of his very grievous act. But the person here could think, I don't know. I don't know if I'm really on that level. Maybe I'm just returning to God from fear. So if I'm just returning to God from fear, then God's not going to send me the affliction to finish cleaning off my evil. But I need to because I know I did a very grievous act. I did a complete repentance. Yom Kippur came and went. But I know I did a very grievous act. So God's supposed to send me afflictions to finish off the process of cleansing. But maybe he's not because maybe I don't deserve it. Maybe I didn't return with the real love. So I better self-impose on myself these fasts as my end of 
affliction, self-imposed affliction, to finish off the cleansing process because maybe God's not going to do this gift for me because I didn't return sincerely enough with love and it was only with fear. So the Rebbe here gave three possible reasons why a person should, beyond doing a complete repentance process, also fast without negating the Alter Rebbe's rationale that fasting has nothing to do with the process of repentance. So again, either it could be because there's a decree on you and you want to remove it, or because you want to speed up the conclusion of your cleansing, or because you don't think you're deserving of God sending you the affliction to finish the cleansing. For any of those reasons, fasting works. But for your tshuva, for your repentance, not necessary. You could completely return to God without any fasting.